Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dorsey Wright Podcast for Wednesday, April the 25th. I'm Jay Greg Nanny. And I am Tommy Doyle. And last Wednesday in April, it's hard to believe that May is yeah. May is just around the corner. We are finally here in Richmond, Virginia, getting the April showers that we were all promised for the past <laughs> two days. So I think we'll uh, be happy to see the sunshine tomorrow. Yeah. Um, the market... Um, Really, the hopefully past, we'll see some sunshine tomorrow. Hopefully, the market will see some sunshine tomorrow. It's, um, you know, yesterday you had a big down day, and that's kind of been the mantra of this year, where you get, you know, one big down day and the next big up day. And even, you know, today, Wednesday, as we're recording this, the market stat started down pretty big on the heels of the sell-off uh, yesterday. Yesterday being Tuesday's market action. A um, couple of um, uh, news events out there have. Uh, at least help turn some of that around. Initially, uh, um, Boeing coming out of the gates announcing good earnings, that stock's up big. They're still um, across the board, still almost today, Wednesday, right now, still about twice as many stocks down as are up. And But that's been, um, you know, the, the, the mantra this year really has been a, a, a increased amount of volatility in the marketplace. And we've talked a lot about the volatility. I'm sure you hear more about volatility than, than frankly you care to hear and probably have heard the word VIX more times in the first three months than you did in the past two years. Um, and that's just a, a gauge of volatility in the marketplace. And, you know, certainly the VIX is one one way to gauge volatility and, and um, a lot of uh, products, exchange-traded products tied to VIX were right at the forefront of uh, a, a notable sell-off earlier in the year. But I think another way that we kind of look at the market in terms of volatility that at least hits a little bit closer to home is just how many days has the market moved 1% or more? And, and that that idea is kind of what you and what your clients uh, as an investor, you feel every day is you feel those market movements, whether you're looking at your statements every day or not, you, you can if you uh, look at any kind of media, uh, social or just traditional forms of news media, it's all over the, 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 the media and the headlines. You know, the Dow's up 2% today. The Dow's down 2% today. And, you know, it's it's been a, an increase for sure, um, especially compared to last year. And 2017 um, was just one of those anomaly years where the volatility in the marketplace was extremely low um, in terms of the VIX, but also in terms of just the number of days the market closed outside of 1%, so up or down 1% or more. Last year in 2017, there were a total throughout the entire course of the year, eight days that the market closed up or down 1%. And so far this year, uh, through about the middle of last week, we had over 30 of those days where the market closed up or down 1%. So over 40% of the days so far this year in 2018 have been what you know we have kind of come to call as volatile days, those days up or down 1% or more. Um, so that's, that's the reality, and that's what that's what we all feel on a day-to-day -day basis, and the market moves. Um, but it's been, you know, one day down, one day up, and, and a whole lot of back and forth action really over um, the past couple of months that we've seen in the marketplace. And so, um, you know, we were kind of sitting here talking earlier about the chart of the S and P. You know, you look at the chart of the S and P 500, um, and and as of right now, the trend of the S and P 500 is is still positive, and if you look at it, still you know rather constructive. Yeah, there's. Uh Two higher bottoms. Hopefully, maybe this will be a, a third on this pullback as of yesterday. 
Uh, you got two consecutive buy signals, still trading in that positive trend. Uh, the trend line's kind of flirting around with the February pullback. Um, the April pullback's a little bit higher up than that. But, you know, if you were to put in an order today, just at market, um, you would be 3.8% away from a trend violation. And that, would, that could be your trailing stop loss. Um, so, you know, that is a nice gauge for us to see. It's nice to also see, you know, two levels of, of support with those two big pullbacks we experienced in the year plus the bullish support line. Um, you know, a, a, a violation of that would be substantial in my mind, um, taking out all of that kind of support. And But, you know, hopefully the bull in me says that, you know, we can see this bounce off the trend line and bounce off that support or at least just uh, – continue higher from here and hopefully get back into the 2800 kind of level um, but you know to to jg's point um last year being an, uh, an anomaly in terms of the volatility the other kind of similar years were 1995 1977 1964 1972 uh, 1944 and so to kind of put it in perspective as well we've almost seen double the amount of, of volatile days uh, compared to the historical average. So this, this year is certainly an anomaly being that it's, um, it's unlikely or, or, or not very frequent. Um, and you traditionally see just the, the market do either very well or, or very, very, very poorly um, in this kind of environment. And right now we're kind of just going sideways while demand and supply figure out who's going to win that battle. Yeah, you're right. You've seen a whole lot of back and forth movement um, while a lot of Indexes, a lot of stocks have been, you know, basically consolidating throughout the course of the year, and you know the market uh, goes back and forth between being positive on the year and being down on the year. I think uh, if you look right now, the S and P five hundred is down about one percent, but you know the S and P five hundred certainly looks at the index. It doesn't tell the whole story of what's gone on in the market, and there's been you know some very clear winners in the marketplace, and there's been um, some very clear losers. Um, the losers by and large, have been the, um, uh, in terms of the stock market, have been the uh, areas of the market that have historically been um, dividend-paying type of groups. So um, think real estate sector, think utilities, those types of areas. Those have been the areas that have come under the most pressure um, as, as interest rates have continued to rise. Uh, big news story of the week certainly being interest rates moving up above or hitting 3% on the 10-year U.S. 10-year Treasury, hitting 3% for the first time in about four years. And, you know, so that's kind of been the, uh, a story underneath the surface where um, at the other end of that spectrum, the more growth-oriented type of stocks have done well. Uh, technology, uh, consumer discretionary type of areas have been other areas that have done well. What has been, I think, surprising to many has been – uh, what has gone on in the energy space? And energy, uh, whether it's the equity side of that, whether it's the commodity side of that, energy, I think, has been the big surprise on the year that you know crude oil prices rising and coming very, very close to hitting $70 a barrel, um, which is, is not necessarily a meaningful level from a technical perspective, but a, a, a level that is very close to it, hitting $70 um, that it hasn't seen in about four years as well. And um, along with that, we've seen some notable improvement within the energy space. As a matter of fact, if you look at, you know, the, the, the macro sectors out there in the marketplace, um, there's three as of yesterday's close that were positive. 
And those three were technology, were consumer discretionary, and believe it or not, were energy. And so those are the three sectors so far that have shown from just the broad groups that have actually shown positive returns uh, so far in the year um, with, with technology, you know, leading that, um, leading that pretty notably. Um, but, but energy is, it's putting up a very, very good fight in terms of uh, the performance from uh, crude oil itself, crude oil uh, this year moving uh, from, you know, 60 up to almost $70. Um, so far in the year. So, you know, if, if, if there was one thing that, you know, I'm looking at in think, terms of things uh, or, or things that we're looking at going on underneath the surface, um, certainly the energy movement uh, is notable. It's real. There's, you know, real traction there. Um, we've seen this from energy in years past where we get some initial traction, but don't see any follow through. So we'll see if this time is different. But certainly if you just kind of lay the chips on the table and you know, look at, at energy um, on its own merits, there's certainly some, some positive developments from the technical perspective for energy um, as it relates to the commodity, uh, as well as some of the individual names in the energy space. Yeah, it's nice to see the energy names on the equity side kind of start to pick up this week, really, because uh, they were pretty much lagging or, or were down while, while we saw commodities posting some double-digit gains. Um, so it's nice to see some of those opportunities. We put some of that stuff in the report if you missed it. Uh, we looked at Exxon and we looked at Chevron. And then we looked at the things on an ETF basis that are on the commodity side that you can get access to the futures uh, through an ETF, some that generate a K-1, some that do not generate a K-1. So if you need help finding those things in the report, please give us a call and we can point you to those so you have some, some talking points or some reference points. Uh, for your clients or just to kind of get up the curve over what's been going on in the past couple of weeks uh, for your own benefit. And so, you know, the other um, thing that we saw that's kind of maybe under the surface is the, the recent breakout on the chart of the dollar. Mm, yeah. uh, so on the, if you pull up the symbol on our website, the DX forward slash Y, uh, that's the U.S. dollar spot chart. And we saw it break a, a triple top here at 91. And uh, JG was making a good point to me earlier that really um, what may be a little bit more appropriate on this kind of a chart is to look at it on the quarter point chart. Yeah, the, the quarter point chart, I think it's a little bit more conducive to the way the dollar, the dollar uh, wants to trade there. And I think that breakout, you see the breakout from a near-term basis, but I think that's um, near-term, and, and it should be viewed as that way. So the dollar um, certainly uh, rallying off the bottom, giving a near-term buy signal. Um, that buy signal, though, comes within the confines of still a generally uh, negative trend for the U.S. dollar. Uh, we saw, again, saw similar action last fall from the U.S. dollar, where it uh, found a near-term bottom rallied, but then ultimately fell to new lows uh, earlier this year. And so, uh, again, it's something to watch for on the U.S. dollar. If it's able to break through that downtrend line, uh, 92 and a quarter, I believe, on that, on that quarter point chart, we get it through that downtrend line. Um, that will be a notable breakout for the U.S. dollar and, suggest, and be suggestive of um, rising dollar rates. But right now, um, I think it's still um, safe to say that the U.S. dollar is still in a negative trend. Yeah, kind of like the energy, you want to see some follow through. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, you know, speaking of energy, you know, interestingly, I'll, I will say that, you know, we have uh, seen for the first time this week um, an energy ETF rotate into some of our sector rotation models and one very in particular, uh, a, a State Street sector rotation model, uh, seeing the, the ETF XOP, which is the oil and gas 
Exploration and Production ETF. Again, symbol is XOP as in Paul. Um, so it's a it's a subgroup of the broader energy space. Um, but that ETF has has reversed up on its relative strength chart versus the S and P 500 to show positive relative strength versus the S and P now. So, you know, we're again that's just another piece of the equation, piece of the puzzle that's beginning to come into place for the energy space uh, is that XOP uh, positive relative strength reversal. And and that one's versus the S and P cap weighted index. So that's not to be confused if you pull up the the chart on the website and you see it's selling those. That's right. comparing versus the equal weight. Uh, but on our on our model for the State Street product, we're comparing it versus the S&P cap-weighted index, and that's where you'll see the reversal. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So lots going on uh, underneath the surface. If you look, you know, lots going on on the surface. But, you know, looking underneath the surface, you can see some of these um, – some of these uh, nuances, some of these individual trends um, that are at least uh, near-term trends, and we'll see if they turn into longer-term trends and outperformance. Um, in particular, as it relates to energy, um, as it stands now, you know, uh, the, the leadership trends that we have seen come into this year uh, continue to be those that are carrying us into uh, almost May now, as, as we uh, sit here as uh, the last full week of April unfolds. So um, we'll be sure to continue to keep you up to date through uh, these podcasts, through our daily equity reports on the website, as well as Monday videos that we publish there as well. So uh, with that, as always, we thank you for joining us this week, and we uh, look forward to be on with you next week. Mm-hmm.